1: WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio.
0: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome along to our big Sunday here at Mazda, excuse me, WeatherTech Race with Laguna Seca. Uh, A dollar in the jar there for Hindhoff. Good to have your company. Just coming up to half eight in the morning. Clear skies uh, and very pleasant weather conditions air uh, temperature 22 celsius already 35 on the track just between monterey and salinas two and a quarter miles 11 corners uh, and a mixture of turn numbers and names with the andretti hairpin at turn two the rear halt straight heading up the hill uh, from turn six to the corkscrew at turn eight and then uh, down the hill through uh turn 9 and 10 to the final corner at 11. Plenty of action areas as ever. Uh, We get qualifying underway in a few moments' time with GT Daytona and it will be a 15-minute run for those 13 cars. If you're here at the circuit, a very warm welcome along this morning to early starts for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Jeremy Shaw in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre with me, John Heindorf, and our VP Racing fuel pit and paddock reporter is Shay Adam. Let's pick up on some of the stories from yesterday, Shay. Not everybody had a clear. Uh, not everybody had a clear run, and one or two cars had to go behind the wall. Let's pick up on some of those stories. Uh, first of all, let's start with the number seven. Uh, that, that was self inflicted wounds by Elio Castronevers for which he was penalised on and and sportsman like driving. Uh, what was up with that car and will we see it back this morning?
1: Yes, we will see it back out this morning for qualifying, the prototypes being the last cars to go out on track in about, I think, 40 minutes time from now. So stay tuned for them. You will see them back out on track. But the GTD cars had their session effectively cut short by a red flag that was triggered when the 85 Sim Miller Motorsports Cadillac went off the track in turn two. That car, it looked like there was some sort of a suspension breakage in the right rear, But it wasn't, and the team is still a bit confused as to what happened. The right rear tire had eliminated. That's why they didn't tow the car back on a flat toe. But the car didn't feel weird, which is even more disconcerting. So the first time that that car is going back out since its scary moment will be for the fast laps and qualifying shared this weekend by Steven Simpson and by Mateus Lace. So that's gonna be a fun one to watch in the session coming up later on. But earlier in GTD, we had Robbie Foley setting the pace for Turner Motorsports in their BMW. He will be doing the qualifying for that car. Second, at the end of the session, was the hard point Audi. They did jump up the charts by a lot when Spencer Pumbelli put in a fast lap. Spencer's a guy who's had quite a bit of success at this track and he could have the opportunity to qualify, but no, they have elected to go with Rob Ferriel for the session. In terms of the Lexuses, well, we've got Frank Montecalvo doing the qualifying for the number 12 and in the championship leading car, the pink helmet of Aaron Teelitz, the points leader coming into this race, two point advantage over his co-driver, Jack Hawksworth. For the Porsche, we've got Ryan Hardwick for Wright Motorsports. He'll be in the blue and black car. It's Till Bechtelsheimer driving the the uh, Acura that's going out for gradient racing. But it was a little bit of trickery because I saw Mark Miller driving the car out to the pit lane. But alas, he was just doing the valet services. It is Matt McMurray for the 86 Acura of MSR trying to regain the championship lead for himself and Mario Farnbacher. And in the team car, it will be Misha Goyperg. That is the black and blue one. We've got Gar, Gar Robinson in the 74 Riley Technology Mercedes, Cooper McNeil in the 63 Scaria Course Ferrari, Jeff Kingsley in the 76 Compass Racing McLaren, John Potter, as always, for DRT Magnus in Matt Lamborghini. And last but certainly not least, it should be Ian James. Aston Martin, dark blue car with the bright yellow stripes.
0: Uh, across the world via the live stream at radio-shore.co.uk, IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Uh, and no blocks or breaks for this session, whether you're in the States or, f- or further afield. Jeremy Shaw, good morning. Uh, where's your money for this session? It was pretty tight. Uh, when we saw them in the second free practice session uh, yesterday lunchtime they have had a practice session early on Saturday morning around about this time so although they won't have had any running by the time we get to race time uh, in race conditions they do have some idea at least of the conditions they're going to find out on the circuit right now
2: yeah that's right good morning afternoon evening wherever anybody might be Uh, great to be with you again Uh, my uh, well, sort of home track. It's sort of 350 miles from home, uh, which I could be there, of course, but um, not. So, uh, you know, conditions are great this morning, and, and you know, it's, it, it, which is really good news. And that's kind of a story in itself, because often this time of year, it can be really foggy. In the morning, down here, good point. With the Monterey Bay very, very close by, and the, all the clouds kind of get hemmed in by the by the hills in which we are right now—the kind of coastal range that overlooks Monterey and Monterey Bay. But it's perfectly clear this morning; sun is out already. Another gorgeous day here in the Monterey Peninsula. And uh, to answer your question, I haven't a clue. Um, you know, I think it's going to come down to the the, the usual suspects. Uh, Matt Murray has been qualifying well lately. Um, Aaron Teelitz is always a factor for the pole position, as uh, likely will be his, his teammate Frankie, Frankie Monte Calvo. Uh, I think a couple of outside chances might be the Compass Racing McLaren, um, and no question that Robbie Foley also should be in the mix as well, but uh, I think it's pretty much anybody's game, it's, it's wide open.
0: I love the idea that you think 350 miles is your home track, that would get me to Spa, I think, uh, from here, just about, as, certainly as the crow flies. Um, possibly not that it's far, far that away. Far? Yeah, far? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going <laughs> to say, possibly even Le Mans, uh, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I love that. Yeah. Okay. We're, we talk in slightly different uh, language when we come to uh, when we come to distances. Uh, yes. Uh, right. Let's uh, get underway then, and out on the circuit straight away. Frankie Monte for Ian Vassar Sullivan. What a season the Lexus have had, and the 14 car round turn one. Now, throughout these sessions, if you're a regular, you'll probably know what I'm going to say now. If you're not, then... You know, welcome to me saying it for the first time. Uh, Different categories bring their Michelin tyres up to temperature and therefore pressure in different ways. Uh, And even different cars within the category, Jeremy, will find different ways to extract the very best performance out of the Michelin rubber. And that might be a couple of warm-up laps. It might be three or four warm-up laps in the case of the GT Le Mans, which we'll see later on. Uh, The DPI's they might do something a little bit different again
2: yeah and and uh, a WeatherTech Raceway Laguna is not a high grip track by no. any means it's uh, it's always pretty pretty slick out there so it takes a little bit longer to get the tires up to temperature it's fairly warm uh, this morning considering uh, it is still fairly early eight thirty local time here uh, in uh, in Central California um, so, so that'll help the track uh, should be reasonably good shape this is the first session of the day I don't think it's been particularly windy overnight, so uh, hopefully therefore not much dust has got sort of deposited onto the racing line. It'll take a few laps certainly for everything to come together, though, uh, and then I think we'll start to see some good times. It'll probably be three or four laps at least before we see some rep- really representative times. Uh, if we look at the lap record here that was set by Corey Lewis. Uh, actually, it wasn't. It was set by Catherine Leg uh, in 2018, a 124.4. Saw a tweet from Catherine by the way, the other day say she's uh, recovering well from her incident earlier this year at Paul Ricard. So great news, Catherine. Hopefully, we'll see you back here fairly soon. So 124.4 is the qualifying lap record. The pole uh, poll time last year was Corey Lewis in a Lamborghini at a 124.9. And to put that all into perspective, the fastest lap of the weekend so far was a 24.7 set yesterday actually morning Yeah, in the first session in the morning by bill oblin in the tournament sport bmw it's
0: jeremy shaw he's with me john heindorf in the hageny global broadcast center here adam is our vp racing field pit and paddock reporter good to see gradient uh, back out uh, on the track till Bechtelsheimer doing the qualifying there uh, with uh, a, a bit of a sticky brake, sorry not a sticky brake issue, a bit of a brake issue that was causing them some problems yesterday they were bleeding and re-bleeding the brakes on the 22 Uh, I'm I'm told they've got to the bottom uh, of that and they're very hopeful of a good performance today but of course they haven't had a chance to get the car out since they've had it stripped down overnight so this is a bit of a voyage of discovery for Till and we'll see what sort of times he puts in in that accurate, been improving steadily all the way through uh, the season, running in the Sprint Cup which is part of the GTD GT Daytona Championship, of which this Jeremy is the final round. It is yes, and uh, pretty much by I think by starting
2: uh, tomorrow that uh, championship already Today, locked up. Today, true, good point. Yeah, good point. Today, that's right. All one day. So it's one of these condensed schedules again, uh, as in this uh, in these weird times we're having. Aaron Teelitz and Jack Hawkesworth in the number 14, mm-hmm. ambassador sullivan Lexus. They hold a 19-point edge over Robbie Foley and Bill Oblin. and with uh, what we've we got here, 13 cars mm-hmm. here. So the the worst score you can get would be. Uh, 18 points, and they got a 19-point lead, and you get 35 for winning. So, difference between 35 and 18 is uh, 17. So, they 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 could lose it, but it's pretty unlikely.
0: It's Jeremy Shaw Times coming in, 125. One. What should we be be looking for, Jeremy? Yeah, so the, the fastest time last year, I said,
2: uh, 24.9 qualifying time. The, the lap record for GCD in qualifying, Catherine Leg
0: in the Acura at 124.4. And, uh, and share Adam has this VP Racing fuel update.
1: It's not getting off to a good start. They only need to start the race, basically, but they might be starting from the back for the 14 Aim Aimvaster Sullivan Lexus. Aaron left out on qualifying. Had a right rear tire that was going down. Now, because it's qualifying, if the car comes back into the pit lane, the team may not touch it. That is their qualifying session done. He's already down to ninth in class and continuing to drop, so we could see this Lexus start at the very back of the pack.
0: Okie dokie. Uh, that is not a great start for them championship uh, champions elect I think we would say at this stage although with the way Jeremy and I cursed everybody we talked about at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta um, perhaps we just shouldn't mention anybody there's a blue car going round the circuit at the moment Uh, it's got an Aston Martin set of wings on it that's all I'm prepared to say just in case anything goes wrong it's a turn six at the moment, okay, possibly not. Uh, uh, Ian James behind the wheel of Heart of Racing's Aston had uh, decent qualifying and a, a couple of very decent races for the Aston Martin, as uh, stealthed up into a good finish at uh, Charlotte in awful conditions, uh, and had a good run going uh, as well at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta not a flashy team uh, a very competent team and a very competent set of drivers with uh, Ian James I-, I hope you just not mind me calling uh, him this Ian James the veteran very experienced been uh, around racing for a long time uh, and doing a-, a fine job as ever with uh, young Roman De Angelis this year for the 23 so what are we down to uh, six and a half minutes already, uh, and Matt McMurray has done his lap and come into the pits for the Acura number 86, 125 1. Robbie Foley looking to improve at the moment. He needs to find very little at all. Half a tenth, as he goes across the line, and he does a 29.140. He's cut it down. Believe it or not, he was 0.055 of a second away from provisional for Paul, he's now 0.014 of a second. That is extraordinarily close, as we've come to expect, Jeremy.
2: Yes, indeed. It's uh, it always is, isn't it? It's, it's always you know f- kind of fingernails between between the two contenders between whatever the contenders are, are, are going for the pole position. And you know, Matt Murray, he's been qualifying really well recently. He's uh, kind of stepped it up a notch after he's finished all his university studies. Now he's a uh, uh, you know fully qualified uh, with a with a uh, a bachelor's degree, uh, and now he can concentrate on his racing. And he seems to be doing a very, very, very good job of that. Doesn't yet. Uh, have a, a pole position to his name in GTD, uh, but of course he, he does already uh, have uh, some some pole positions, or a pole position uh,
0: from the lmp
2: 2 days.
0: Five minutes to go and Cooper McNeil pops up into third place with a 25-3. So that's three cars. Call it four cars with a three-tenths of a second. Misha Goikberg already in the pits for Acura number 57. Remember what we were seeing at the beginning? Different teams, different cars, different categories of car as we go through this qualifying session for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship will find their laps and make their lap times in different ways. Very much looks like... Uh, Matt McMurray has called it a day for now remember they can't even bleed air out the tyres in that car in the pit lane they would be excluded and all of their times would be taken away if that was to happen and and sure we have seen uh, people make those mistakes in the past people getting a little bit over anxious in the pit lane uh, and costing themselves dearly from decent starting positions
1: was at Petit Le Mans last year when the car that actually had set the fastest lap then had a mechanic come over and open the driver's side door. It was simply a driver comfort thing, but it was done and therefore they lost all their laps because someone touched the car. So it is a very strict rule, but it is put in place for a reason and IMSA very diligent about monitoring that. I did also notice that Gar Robinson came back into the pit lane and did a drive through at the very least, so perhaps he was just stuck in traffic. But it looks like there was nothing wrong with the Riley Technology Mercedes, that's the good news.
0: So that is that the last three minutes, and let's see how it plays out. Acura, BMW, Ferrari, Acura, Lexus, Aston Martin, McLaren. Acura, Porsche, Lamborghini, the top 10 at the moment. And very little between that top 10. We're talking just on a second or thereabouts. The rumble of a GT4 going across the line. Uh, GT3, excuse me, going across the line is the number 74. That's Gar Robinson for Riley. 129.8 improves. Remember, it is the most inexperienced drivers that have to qualify here in GT Daytona. Something, Jeremy, that you and I, I think, both heartily agree with, gives the lesser experienced drivers uh, a lot of confidence running the cars on new tyres and low fuel load. They really feel how dynamic the car is.
2: Yeah, I think it's great, you know, the... um uh, yeah, it, everybody contributes this way uh, rather than just sort of kind of you know, being there to make up the numbers if you like and uh, you know it's, it, it, it's a high pressure situation qualifying always is and you, you want to show your best uh, and uh, you know all of the cars now uh, bar, uh, bar gar Robinson um, have uh, set a good, good lap time within you know, just around about a second and a half so you know it's uh, around this racetrack that's, that's a good effort and I'm sure you know, gar will get up to speed now I'm sure what his problems were in the early part of this session uh, but uh, you know he's uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll get a lot closer than he is at the moment and you know it, it's pretty tight out the top nine cars covered by a hair over a second uh, but even now with what uh, just a still just under two minutes remaining all bar two drivers are in the pit so it looks like the the top positions are done and dusted for this session
0: it's, uh, Jeremy short then with major Hindorf in The Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, 90 seconds to go. It looks like another pole position for an Acura. Matt McMurray sits impassively in the driver's seat, waiting for the time to run down. Gar Robinson continue to rumble around, or at least the car's rumbling around. Gar's sitting behind the wheel, enjoying this early morning run at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Got the track to himself. Rather like having an exclusive track day at the moment. Quite important. Getting a bit more track time and running in. As he heads up the Bobby Rahal straight to through turn six now. And up to the top of the rise. Quite a steep run up there. So turn six very important for lap times. And also for racing as well. You, there is more than a little chance at that right hand kink of somebody sticking their nose down. One side or the other of the car and trying to get into position to make the pass before the corkscrew at turn eight. Looks like guard's going to stay out. And of course, as I say that, he doesn't. He peels off left-handed into the pit lane. Quite a tight pit entry as well. It's been opened up a little bit down through the years. The left-hand wall's been peeled back just a little bit. But it is quite a tight left. So, Jeremy, we can confirm pole position uh, provisionally at least post qualifying tech to come, of course, for Meyer Shank Racing and the 86 car. Yes, and uh,
2: a very, very good effort uh, by uh, by Matt. This is his uh, his first uh, pole position in a GTD car, and so he'll be uh, rightly thrilled with that. He's uh, been on the front row early this year at Mid-Ohio, qualified second there, qualified third at Charlotte. Uh, was uh, fourth at vir so uh, and also a sixth and a seventh and a ninth so he's got pretty much all the te- top ten positions covered except up until now for the pole position which is now set right so good for him uh, the uh, the Acura team they, they have had one pole this season with chinyamichimi uh, at uh, Road Atla- at, uh, Mission Raceway Road Atlanta last time out. So uh, it, you know, it's been a, a pretty wide open season. The only guys who've got multiple pole positions are Corey Fergus, Arantinitz and Frankie Monte Calvo. So, you know, I think uh, it's been a, a really good open year and hats off to Matt McMurray for getting that first pole.
0: So that is uh, the first of uh, what will be actually four Pauls it is three for Tulitz uh, that's the third for Tulitz is it uh, Jeremy well, yes
2: yeah. yeah, Tulitz has three poles. Uh, two for Ferguson Monte Calvo one each for Robichaud um, uh, Mishimi and now Matt McMurray
0: ok so spread out a little bit through the season into the morning at sunshine for Matt McMurray as so he gets out of the car and we'll try to get a word with his teammates. Matt's still disrobing. Gloves coming off now and uh, let's see if we can have a chat on a VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock report with Shea Adam. Uh, Obviously in current times difficult to as we can't get down there to the pit lane itself then we're relying on drivers having phones etc with them. Looks like we're not going to be able to Uh, Get that. Uh, And the qualifying record, Jeremy, uh, still stands?
2: It does indeed, yeah. Catherine Legg's record still stands at 124.4. She turned a couple of years ago, so this is the second time in three years that uh, Maya Shank racing with Kerbag Jane has been on the uh, pole position here at at, uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca.
0: So as the formalities go on at the end of pit lane for Mac McMurray, let's turn our attention to the next set of cars that will go out for their 15 minutes of fame or at least qualifying glory. Uh, that will be GT uh, Le Mans. And Share Adam, what can you tell us about qualifying in terms I've, of who have you heard? Start with the 24 BMW.
1: I, I know all of them. Uh, okay, oh. so 24 BMW, that's appropriate because that's who was on pole last year, one year ago. Jesse Crohn put it on pole. He's looking to try and do it again. The green helmet behind the wheel of the black BMW. Now for the red BMW, that's the 25. Bruno Spengler is the only guy going out for GTLM qualifying today who doesn't have a pole. He gets an opportunity to set that right. So that will be an exciting opportunity for him because of course all eyes will be on the 25 BMW in terms of which would we like next Corvette or Porsche Corvette or Porsche. Mm, let's go with Porsche. We've got okay. Fred McAvecky in the 911 Porsche. That's the one with the white. And then with a little bit of gray accents on it, Fred is trying to get his first pole position here, his fourth in class. And of course, Fred is one of two drivers in the Porsche GT team who brings the best finish to the team of Third, hard to believe, but Porsche has not won here in the GTLM class since the merger. And I should mention, this is the 75th race for GTLM, the 75th pole for GTLM. Will it be the fourth pole position for Lawrence Vantor? He's getting an opportunity once again, Larry in the number 912. That's the white, the gray Porsche with the white accents on it. And in terms of Corvette, as Lawrence jumps over the wall and puts his gloves on and gets ready to go, we've got the number three Corvette. Jordan Taylor has gotten quite a few pole positions so far this year. He's looking to try and do it again. He's got five poles and a win here at WeatherTech Race by Laguna Seca. That came back in 2013, and that was an overall win, trying to get a class victory. In the car behind him, the silver one, waiting on the pit lane. And I say behind him because it's behind him in the championship, and that's how the cars line up in championship order on this pit lane. Big news yesterday coming out of Corvette Racing that Oliver Gavin, Yardley Hastings' fastest and finest race car driver, would no longer be representing Corvette Racing, at least in terms of behind the wheel for a full season program next year. While Ollie Gavin has gotten a pole position before at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, he's looking to try and do it again. Those are your GTLM qualifiers.
0: Yeah, Ollie in the car, getting ready to go. Proudly, proudly displaying the British Racing Drivers' Club shield on the front of his helmet. Uh, we probably see most of the cars out for the full session here, Jeremy. I would think, if we, uh, if our experience is anything to go by, the. Uh, confidential as they are called Michelin tyres that are available to the factory GT Le Mans teams means they've got a choice of three compounds uh, of the Michelin slick racing tyres. Everybody else uh, has a single compound. Uh, You can mix and match those across the axles as well Uh, and we've often seen as the VP Racing Fuel has burned off in the 15 minute session the cars get lighter, the cars get quicker and much like good old-fashioned qualifying of old, the fast laps come much later in the session
2: yeah brilliant fun isn't it generally speaking and uh yeah this this track uh, I, don't, I don't know we'll, we'll have to wait and see whether they'll, they'll feel comfortable going the whole distance what we have seen quite a bit over the last few races is uh, the the uh, team's changing tires uh, switching away from the tires they use in qualifying uh, which means they give up their grid position, and I think it was at Charlotte, uh, where there are only uh, uh, there are only four cars in the class. There, uh, they all changed tires uh, before the race, so the grid position stayed the, stayed the same as they had been in qualifying. But by 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 changing tires after qualifying, or more than one tire after qualifying, you do do give up that grid position. So there's a bit of gamesmanship perhaps goes on there sometimes, uh, but I think it's going to be a pretty interesting session. And there doesn't, as usual, there seems to be very little to choose between the Corvette. The, uh, the the BMWs and, and the Porsches. But uh, having said that, the fastest time of the weekend was set yesterday in the first session by Antonio Garcia in the number three Corvette. He was about a tenth clear of Nick Tandy in the 911 Porsche. The uh, afternoon session yesterday was a fair bit slower, probably half a second or so slower. But once again, it was uh, the number three Corvette, this time Jordan Taylor aboard, that set the fastest time. That was a 22.2.
0: Uh, this coming in from uh, uh, Spoon Canal Oh, very nice. Must be something to do with cooking. Hello, Sven. How are you? It's uh, at IMSA Radio, by the way, if you want to get in touch with us. Why do the GTD cars that have just qualified have a little green light? I've tried to look it up, but I couldn't find anything. Um, Shay, correct me if I'm wrong. Does that signify that the, the bronze driver is in the car? Oh, or is that I, just...
1: don't, I don't actually know. Um, I will ask the question.
0: I, I think it means that the, that the bronze driver is, is in the car. It could just be that it's a GTD car rather than a GT LM car because there are different colours for each of the categories. Uh, and green is GTD, if memory serves. Um, but I I thought I read or heard something maybe at the start of this season, maybe even last season, that um, that was illuminated uh, if the if a bronze driver was in the car. Um, if I'm wrong, I apologise. I may have completely made that up or dreamt it. Uh, but if it isn't, mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea and it should happen. Um, so, Sven, there you go. is <laughs> now going to find that out. Uh, as far as the championship is concerned for... At GTLM, it's not been a season to remember for the Porsche team defending their multiple championships from 2019 and, of course, not coming back next year. The programme in North America falling to cost-cutting measures as a result of the shutdown from Porsche uh, in their car building uh, over the first four or five months of COVID. They will still continue to supply customer cars, and there will be a new Porsche Carrera Cup North America next year on Michelin tyres, with the new 992 Carrera Cup car and a new for 20 uh, uh, new, new for 2020 effectively Porsche Junior scheme in the states, an academy, uh, if you will. Very good. Uh, And that will start with an eight venue, 16 race calendar in 2021. Pretty much all on, in fact, all of them on the east coast of the US to keep the travelling costs down as well. But sadly, for a little while at least, this will be the last time that we see the GT Le Mans uh, 2019 version of the RSRs. And as a bit of a Porsche fan myself, I have to say I will miss those cars and I suggest. Uh, that 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 I am not unique uh, in that situation. All kinds of rumours about uh, how the GT Le Mans category could be bolstered for next year. Uh, Corvette and BMW, we presume, will continue. We've got uh, Ferraris and Aston Martins that are being linked with the category. Possibility of GT3s to join it and have a combined category, which I really hope doesn't happen. I don't think that's appropriate for a a championship of the level of IMSA. Um, It's not run what you brung, is it, on a Friday night somewhere. Um, I've got nothing against GT3 cars. I like them a lot, but I think they need to be kept in their own class. Don't want to give any more headaches to the Pop guys. So we've got Green Flag out there. And Corvette. This is the usual script, Jeremy. Um, it is normally BMW that goes out last. Porsche is somewhere in the middle, and true to form, Corvette with at least one of their cars. Uh, Jordan Taylor has jumped out of the pit lane early on.
2: Truly good. Uh, all is well with the world, and uh, and the sun is shining as well. So you we know, we got a full complement. All, all is all is good right now. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. You know, the both Corvette drivers. Well, they've been fast all the way through the year. I mean, it's not. It's it's amazing. Yeah, we've got, uh, there's only the six cars in GTLM, but all six drivers just ridiculously closely matched. Uh, and uh, it, we've seen some fantastic qualifying sessions uh, all the way through this year with, just you know, separated by by hundreds or, or, or maybe tens for the, for the whole field. So it's been really, really good. I think the IMSA technical team has done a really good job to keep these cars as uh, kind of closely matched as they possibly can without getting too artificial. Um, and, uh, you know, we've seen some tremendous racing as a result.
0: to work if I turn my mic on, isn't it? Um, so, getting up to speed now. John De Geese, founder of Sports Car 365, uh, agrees with me, so I hadn't made it up about the green light. We're getting a definitive answer uh, from our colleagues at IMSA. Thank you, John. Nice to hear you are online. Hope you're feeling fit and well. And Hopefully, see you at a track sometime soon when we can all get back to tracks. Been an odd year this year, hasn't it? And I know, again, this is something else we've said a lot, but uh, massive congratulations to all the teams and drivers, to IMSA, all the promoters and tracks, and especially to our volunteers, whether they are track side waving flags or helping with medical cover, recovery, track services exceptionally difficult year for travel and for putting any dates in the diary let's be honest so for us to have had a full IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season maybe not in the order in fact definitely not in the order that we anticipated but we are going to have a full season which ends at Sebring in a couple of weeks' time. Now, something went very wrong there with the Corvette number 3 as it went across the line. Jordan Taylor was on the rev limiter for a very long time as if that car wouldn't change up through the gears. So that was very, very odd indeed. But he's on the throttle now, going down into Turn 3. Gets the car turned in. Mid-engine, of course, for the C8R and a dramatically different sound with the twin turbochargers. So, coming out the final corner. Heading up towards the start line. It just felt to me from the outboard shot that he stuttered a little bit and was on the rev limiter for rather longer than he needed to be. So, maybe a called for upshift that didn't materialise, Jeremy. That's an odd one.
2: Yeah, Tis is, isn't it? Um, got me on that one. <laughs>
0: again insanely complicated cars these GT Le Mans machines of course uh, although no ABS on these cars traction control yes but no ABS paddle shift of course it's the way of the world nowadays so let's see what this time is if we thought maybe that last lap was slightly compromised it was a 1.26.6 last time around for Jordan, that's more like it. 125.7, so nine tenths of a second taken off there. He is, uh, has been joined on the track. Oh, now he's a change. Oli Gavin's come out, yes. Uh, Lawrence Van Carteau's come out. Uh, yeah, no, we've got at least one Porsche out as well, so that's all right. Before Bruno Spengler, so BMW was the third and final mark to come out, although uh, it, not all. Uh, not both of the Porsches have come out yet so Spengler out early Bruno who's been a leading light in doing some online i-racing, took the IMSA Pro Series earlier on in the season and last Tuesday or Tuesday just gone should I say along with Team BMW Bank yes that is a thing he and his teammates scooped the championship in the Digital Nürburgring and Series that's the uh, long distance series all on the Nürburgring uh, looked after by VLN and the digital version of that uh, taken by Bruno uh, along with two very impressive gamers as well Kai Schubert among the drivers there uh, actually I'm talking nonsense it was uh, Alexander Voss, wasn't it uh, and Kai Gershuber. To other drivers there, so eight and a half minutes to go. Jeremy getting down to halfway through, and just to confirm, by the way, uh, I was I was nearly right. Bronze or silver driver in the GT Daytona car. So of course, all of the bronze drivers uh, or silver drivers have to qualify those cars. So that's why Sven, you would have seen all of them in that GTD session, so any non-pro in the car, and the little green tail light is on at the back, so that it is, it's like when you start racing here in the UK, until you've done a certain amount of races to the satisfaction of the race director, you have what's called a novice cross on the back of the car, and you must have that, even if there's only one of you in the car. Now, obviously the advantage of that is anybody else realises that you're a novice and starting your racing career. Uh, The disadvantage is if it's a multi-driver race, which is how I started uh, to progress through the ranks, then it means you could be driving with, as I was, Andy Merrick, and poor Andy Merrick (laughs) had the novice cross on the back. Rookie stripes, I suppose you'd call them over here. Jeremy, would you? Yeah,
2: I think think so. um. Or, yeah, sometimes across the oops, so some take the scenic route there. Guess that's uh, Lawrence Vantor just gone second fastest, but a full second and a half. It's interesting, isn't it, how long it's taken these these guys to get up to speed. Jordan Taylor, really the only representative lap time so far.
0: Uh, that, well, uh, that was rally crossing. Porsche's got a, a decent 911s. got a decent rally record down at turn two just missed his turn in completely there and arrived rather too quickly but kept his foot in squared off the corner and think of it as a joker lap uh, in moto gp or rallycross that's exactly what it looked like <laughs> if you can't see down to turn number two he will have rather scuffed up jeremy his pristine to that point michelin tires
2: yeah, they they, won't, they will be not terribly happy about that. The uh, the four bits that are touching the ground at the moment, um, it'll take there's a fair bit of understanding. They going through turn, uh, third turn, turn, the right hander as well as he heads down to uh, the final corner. Uh, so he's still it's going to take him a couple of laps at least to get rid of that uh, that dirt off the tire, off the tires, and uh, and therefore get back up to speed again. And what we've got for six minutes remaining in this session, we still got only two gtlm guards running out front but jordan taylor just gone faster again one third uh, for jordan and that is a new lap record wow. jesse crone's old mark was a 21.557 so 21.483 for jordan taylor brilliant effort by jordan taylor looking for his uh, his uh, fourth pole of the season
0: yeah and um those of you who are iRacing fans it was uh, Bruno Spengler's teammate were Kai Kishuber, which was right and Niels Kosh. as soon as I said Alexander Voss I knew that was wrong Alex- Alexander was one of the mentors in the BMW uh, eSports team uh, and helped out Bruno a lot I've been speaking to Bruno rather a lot on the uh, VCO eSports Victory Lane uh, broadcasts that we've been doing for that and their new series by the way uh, with plenty of uh, real-world full-metal drivers getting involved. Starts the 28th of this month, uh, a five-race series over the winter. Five races on the Nürburgring, and we've got all the details, at uh, obviously, at VCO Esports uh, and, indeed, at radio UK uh, And that falls in nicely with the new IMSA iRacing series as well. Uh, which isn't a Pro Series, although I did notice Kai Koshuba's name in it. So if you're thinking about going into it, you are looking at some very, very stiff competition. Check the iRacing, if you're an a iRacing subscriber, check the iRacing event pages. Uh, and uh, Peter Mackay from Scotland, one of the voices, uh, calling that in the new IMSA iRacing Challenge. Some great prizes up for grabs there, four minutes to go in the real world with Jordan Taylor having purpled the whole lap, I've just made a colour a verb, I apologise for that 121.483 very impressive that and I wonder if anyone can get close to us, it's Porsche in second with vanter in the 912, but he's nearly four seconds, four tenths rather further back, uh, then Spengler in third, then Jesse Kron for BMW in fourth, Oli Gavin in fifth and the 911, share, Adam tells me, has just left. And who did we put behind the wheel? Fred Mako, I think, wasn't it? Yes, it was Fred Mack Vicky. So for a change, John. Porsche is Porsche leaving it late, Jeremy.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Hey, did you mention that Bruno Spengler won the I Racing Pro Motocross yes. race here at? at, at yeah, did,
0: okay, I did. I, I said he won the championship. I did. I, I, yeah. You're right. He did. He, he did win the race here in yeah. some style, actually. Very popular those events were, 911. St- that was very nice, staying out the way of uh, the Corvette as it was going through. Ollie Gavin rather ruined his lap, which suggests to me uh, that Fred Matlow doesn't feel as always. his Michelins are quite up the temperature Whoa. and pressure yet. Well,
2: no. As we said here, it takes uh, at least three or four laps uh, to get up to to speed. I mean, it took really Lance Vantor four, and then he threw it off the road. So it's going to take another couple. It's, it's taking another couple after that. Uh, Bruno Spengler has just improved on lap five. So you know, it it uh, it's not easy. Jordan Taylor already already done and dusted. I think in this session, quite literally, uh, two <laughs> and a half minutes. Remaining, uh, and uh, I think uh, BMW dominated the race here, didn't they? On the the iRacing, yeah, yeah, uh, the prohibitational because uh, Gizzy was second, uh, Shane Van Gisberg, and Nicky Katzberg was third,
0: yeah. And SVG, uh, battling with a very long latency being on the other side of the world, uh, drove through the field immaculately and always somehow managed to find pace at the end because he'd looked after his virtual Michelin tyres better. Uh, he was a real um revelation to me the furthest man away from the server therefore seeing things just a little different and all of the inputs going in a slightly greater latency all the sort of things you don't have to worry about in a real car if you're driving side by side with somebody you can see them they can see you you turn they turn Uh, it's not quite like that in the iRacing world we you have things called uh, netcode so crashes where you don't see the two cars come together but uh, the latency of, of control inputs does have... I'm, I'm talking tiny. These are guys who tune their monitors and their gears to get uh, less latency in what they're seeing and what's going back. I mean, it's, I've learned so much. I thought I knew a bit about online gaming, having been involved with an, a number of major competitions down through the years. But uh, this year, with uh, the guys at iRacing up in Boston... Uh, and highly Drew Adamson, who I'm absolutely certain if he's not working uh, as part of the iRacing production team uh, and the rest of the team up there put together a brilliant set of events and not just for IMSA but for NASCAR and NBC and all those visuals were all coming out of a very small team up in Boston I think that they have left Fred McAvecky a little bit too late as in comes the nine one two. There's only 35 seconds left, and I don't think Makovic is going to get a representative time here. He's oh, he's going to have to really get a wiggle on here, Jeremy, if he's going to get another lap. Only 25 seconds to go. He's coming down to turn 10 now. It's going to be very close. He might get one more lap in, but he's going to have to push here. Oh, he's peeled he, off. He's yeah, peeled he's off. He hasn't even beat the GTD. Hasn't even beaten the D- GTD field. So was there a problem with the car or was that just a mistake in getting him out too late?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Porsche doesn't normally leave it till the the last. So I've got to think there was something, uh, something awry there that uh, stopped him from going out. And what was split times were were way, way down, even on that that in lap. So he just never got that car up to speed, not even close. So, uh, yeah, I think there must have been a problem. With that 911 car, what a shame, because that would have been, uh, you know, it, right now it's it's Jordan Taylor, who's still uh, time ticked away, the chequered flag is now out, and Jordan Taylor's got to, I think that's probably his most comfortable pole position of the season.
0: We're not used to seeing two and a half tenths between first and second in GT Le Mans, another pole position for Corvette Racing, they have... Certainly, been the form team since we returned to racing on the July fourth weekend at Daytona. Although, as we were talking about, they haven't necessarily uh, been the qualifying favourites. They've raced well, although now it seems they're getting the qualified sorted out as well, Jeremy. Which must be uh, a source of much concern to everybody else in the up and down the pit lane.
2: Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, you know, I mean, the car has been super fast this season. That's the uh, the uh, for that team it is the fifth pole position so uh, yeah they've been um, you know dominant in in every single way but yeah never never by very by very much but they've certainly played the game very very well Uh, the car is working well it's consistent it's fast and uh, you know yet another pole position for them
0: Check and flag out for a couple of minutes. So Jordan Taylor on Paul composes himself and gets himself masked up for the photographs down in pit lane. He will start from the front of the grid, unless, of course, there's a change of tyres. Uh, and I was going to say, Jeremy, that could be could have been the other issue for Porsche. Uh, we did get Fred Macko out, and as he was coming around to start a fast lap, he had Ollie Gavin behind him and he pulled out the way. Uh, which I thought A was very nice. But I wonder if he already realised something wasn't right with the car because he came straight back in at the end of that lap. Uh, He he effectively did uh, an out lap, one past the the start line and then came straight back in again. So he actually didn't do a full flying lap, which suggests to me that something... They got something fundamentally wrong there, not just the timing, because he or, uh, he was going to be close to get to the line, but you would have thought he would have had a goal.
2: Or they're just they're just saving their tyres. Uh, well, for you're going to start on pretty pretty just a
0: sort of. A, well, I think a, in swap tyres; it won't make any set. difference, will it? They'll only still be in the same place. Yeah, but they don't want to show their hand either. Perhaps. Aye, maybe You could be right there. <laughs> uh, so another pole position for Corvette Racing. We'll uh, see if we can get Antonio Garcia for you. With the prototypes getting ready to go, share Adam keeping an eye on who's behind the wheel of the car, cause and share down. The good news is the number seven uh, Acura team Penske car, which had so many problems yesterday. After that, coming together with the 31, that's on the pit lane. Uh, and also is the thirty, also is the Whelen Engineering car as well. An extraordinary, uh, an extraordinary coming together uh, yesterday in the very early moments for the prototypes of FP1. Philippe Nasr had just come out of the pits and, albeit, was on the racing line. But then Elliot, through Turn Three, uh, looked as though he was trying to teach. Felipe, a bit of a lesson, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm being slightly generous there, completely misjudged it and wiped the nose of the 31 car. Both cars damaged. The 31 did get back out again. Elio brought the car back. They replaced placed a, a right rear suspension arm, uh, and, in fact, it went out in the hands of Ricky Taylor, but only for a lap, and that car went behind the wall and lost that whole session, the whole of FP2. Uh, there was there were penalties assessed for that one as a drive through for Felipe nazet uh, uh for improper uh pit exit procedures and there was a that was a drive through uh, and there was a stop and 60 second hold for unsportsmanlike or ungentlemanly driving uh, for the number 7 car and elio castro neves So I would expect uh, both of those guys to be on their best behaviour today. What we don't want, and we have seen it here before, is that rivalries from earlier races uh, and see Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta and Motul Patilamon, by the way, if you're not sure what I'm talking about. Uh, left unchecked can fester away through a season I know that was only a race ago but I seem to remember two GT Le Mans cars ending up very badly damaged going to the line here uh, quite a few years ago now with something that had been festering for the whole season uh, in the cars for qualifying share Adam what do we have uh, let's uh, let's start with that Akiva Team Penske
1: well, it is Elio Castroneves behind the wheel of the number seven, his very distinct black and red helmet, and Pipo Durrani with his white and red helmet. So Pipo going out for the 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac, Elio for the um, accurate Team Penske number seven. We have Mateus Laced in the number 85 J.D.C. Miller Motorsports Cadillac. That's the one that had the issue yesterday that brought the premature end to the session. For the Mazdas, Jonathan Bomerito, the guy who used to live pretty much right across the street from the track, is doing the qualifying duties for the 55. That is the red Mazda. Whereas it is Ollie Jarvis with his bright pink and yellow helmet, for the 77, we've got Juan Pablo Montoya, race winner a year ago, just got his first podium of the season last time out. He is in behind the wheel of the number six, Acura Team Penske. I uh, don't know yet who's doing qualifying for the number 10 or the five Cadillacs. So when I find out those, I'll holler back up at you.
0: Thank you, Cher. Uh, Ollie Jarvis was impressive yesterday, Jeremy, when he jumped in uh, to his uh, Multimatic prototype, the Mazda. And only one car from them next year. No uh, Penske next year, but two Acuras have found homes. If you're catching up on some of the more recent DPI news, Meshank Racing uh, taking uh, two of the chassis, but running one car. And Wayne Taylor Racing taking another two of the chassis. Again, only running one car. And as yet, no word on the driver lineups, but we do know that uh, neither of the current full-season drivers for Wayne Taylor Racing, being uh, Ryan Briscoe and Renga van der Zander, uh, will be full-season drivers. Uh, Ryan, uh, I think, is uh, hoping to get one of the uh, long-distance driver spot, but Renga is looking for a drive at the moment, leading the championship, of course, at the moment, those two. A lot of shake-up next year a lot of shake up next year and a lot of good drivers potentially Jeremy on the driver market
2: yeah that's right uh, it's it's been a difficult uh, difficult year hasn't it for a lot of drivers uh, with the uh, travel restrictions and uh, and some a lot of quite a few dr- drives drying up as well so yeah no it's it's not the time to be a a professional driver at the moment really in, in many series and you know, whatever you got, hold it, hold on to it jealously. That would be the uh, the advice for for anybody at this stage. But you know, there's it's always uh, ups and downs in this sport. You know, we we we're involved in it, so we know that, and we just have to kind of plan accordingly and and, and hope for the best and you know try try our hardest to make make uh, some opportunities crop up. Uh, and I think you've got to for... say
0: that in the case of Renga and Ryan, they're doing absolutely the best thing uh, for themselves. Uh, whilst also still giving of their best for the team. Of course, they, you would expect that. They are total professionals, um, not only win, leading the championship this year, but have won two of the biggest races of the year in Motul Petit Le Mans uh, and the Rolex Daytona 24. Uh, so in terms of shot window, they're not doing themselves any harm <laughs> at all. Uh, Shit, Adam, did you spot uh, which driver had j- jumped into the glossy black Cadillac?
1: Well, we were talking about Ryan Briscoe, so obviously he's decided to put himself on even more of an audition stage and go out yep, and try and get cool. this
0: pole position. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So sitting quietly contemplating the world, probably listening to us on the FM at the moment. Hello, hello, Ryan. Uh, getting ready to go the green flag just a moment or two away. Just looking up to the start the stand. To see if the green flag is in hand. Not sure. Seems to have had been a little delay here. So not sure if there was a little bit of clean up going on. On the circuit. Uh, But everybody is installed in the cars. The pit lane is clear. And the green flag is out. At exactly 20 past the hour. And we have six takers. Immediately. Uh, that being Patrick Kelly in the only LMP2 car. Uh, he's been outstanding this year. That's the number 52. And then Castro Neves was next out in the seven, the 31 people Durrani right up his tailpipes. Tristan Vautier in the five was the other one I think we didn't mention, here, wasn't it? Uh,
1: correct. It was Tristan Vautier. And the other thing I was just typing in our little Skype chat because I forgot to mention. This is the first running for that LMP2 car since it came grinding to a halt at the end of FP1 when Simon Trummer yes. experienced a gearbox issues. So this is an important opportunity for Patrick Kelly to go out and get some more laps too.
0: Yeah, as we mentioned, it's another one of these shortened weekends for the MC WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Only uh, a couple of free practice sessions on Saturday here. Qualifying and the race today, Sunday. So go out and get me pole position smash the lap record into a million pieces young driver you sir but don't bend me car because we haven't got a lot of time to fix it again so no pressure there Jeremy for these guys
2: (laughs) no that's right Uh, this is going to be an interesting session I I think uh, um, I'm not sure who's going to end up on the top and uh, I think it's going to be really interesting we've seen the other last few races the, uh, there's been very little to choose, hasn't it, between the, the three manufacturers, the Cadillacs, the Acuras and the and the Mazdas. They've all been fast at one point or another. Uh, I think the Acura has to be the favourite again this weekend, uh, though they, they had a one-two finish here last year. Um, and it's fairly com- relatively comfortable, if I remember. And uh, certainly the, uh, the balance of performance has not changed to their detriment, it would, it would appear, since then. Cadillacs, well... Cadillac teams are always jumping up and down about something, aren't they? But they're, they're always there they're in the mix. And you know, the, the, the first two sessions we've had this weekend, we saw the, the Cadillac and Piper Durrani quickest in the first session yesterday and the uh, Mazda quickest in the session. So uh, I think perhaps now we might well see the Acuras really coming to the fore again. We will see.
0: So cars leaving the pitch Ryan Briscoe has gone out. Man Montoya's gone out, Ollie Jarvis's gone out. In fact, both the Masters, Jonathan Bomerito as Mateus Laced. Now, he had a bit of a funny one as well, didn't he? We thought something might have broken on that 85 car because uh, he came down into the Andretti hairpins in FP2 uh, at unabated speed, and the car sort of swapped M's on him very quickly. Not sure, sure if you got to the bottom uh, of, uh, of that incident yesterday. Actually
1: spoke with a representative of the team who said that they weren't entirely sure what went wrong with the car but there was nothing broken on it the right rear tire had delaminated but they didn't see that necessarily as the cause of that incident
0: oh right He was a very odd one very old one did try to get the car back out onto the circuit uh, and drove a few yards but realized that something wasn't right and that car had to be recovered on the flatbed all right Starting to see the times coming in now. And the number seven, Agua Team Penske is leading the way with Elio Castro Neves about a second ahead of Pipo Durani, But this is very early running indeed and a huge, huge plume of smoke coming from the right front wheel of the 52 that's about the first big mistake Jeremy Shaw I've seen Patrick Kelly make all year that was the lock up to end up that was a lock up because it was very long indeed
2: <laughs> it was wasn't it yeah you know again yeah this track is tricky because there is it is a low grip track it's yeah uh, you know, when you go out the first uh, few laps uh, the car feels like it's on ice out there just sliding around all over the place so very very easy to lock up those tires and you just got to hope you don't flat spot them uh, and cause any any uh, serious damage to them so yeah the good news for for patrick kelly is uh, is well it's it's the bad news as well because he, he that is the only car in the lmp2 class and unfortunately these days, we at a mystery raceway road, Atlanta. The, the LP 2 cars were pretty close on pace to the DPIs, but here, not so much. So uh, you know they, they're they're going to be having a, a pretty lonely race in that number 52 car today.
0: That's Jeremy Shaw. He's with me, John Hindhoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. We've already had a third of the third and final qualifying session. Uh, for our Sunday main, if you will. Championship leader, Ryan Briscoe, also locking up a Michelin. This time a right front going into turn 8A, which is the corkscrew at the top of the hill. But he came off the brakes uh, quick enough so that that wasn't too much of an issue. has continued across the line for Mustang Sampling's number five and that is Tristan Fortier and that is provisional pole position the dark grey car with the gold highlights Mazda's in two separate colours as they have been for a wee while now 77 is the mostly white car that currently In sixth position for Ollie Jarvis, the dark red soul crystal, as soul red crystal as it's called, uh, is Jonathan Bobarito. There goes Ollie across the line, and he goes into second. Point zero seven two of a second. It's starting to get serious quite early on. 15-4, though, Jeremy. A bit more to come, do you reckon? Hello, Jeremy. Excuse
2: me. That's a pretty good lap time. The uh, the lap record was set here last year by Ricky Taylor at 115 point zero three five uh, The fastest time yesterday at 1.15.6. So uh, between those two we are right now.
0: Air temperature just rising a little bit, a couple of degrees since the... Cars rolled onto the pit lanes. 27 Celsius at the moment. Track temperature going up quite quickly. Now 31 Celsius and a new fastest lap. And it's back in the hands of activate Team Penske, Jeremy.
2: Yeah, isn't that interesting? This is going to be a back and forth session, I think. Uh, uh, no, no. know the, yeah, the Masters, the, the top four covered by two tenths of a second uh, so far. Uh, Jonathan Bomarito, I think still getting up to speed. He just improved last time around, but he's six tenths off the pole that best lap now by Castro Neves a 115.333
0: Up to Turn and through turn number six for Elio Castro Neves starts the climb up the Bobby Rahal straight to the corkscrew looking at a pretty clear blue sky this morning as we're what, coming on to just about 9.30 a.m. Clocks went back last night in the U.S. Hope you all sort of, what, you're just coming to us now. Oh, you've missed everything but seven minutes. It would have been the other way, actually, but don't worry. Um, I get to do that joke twice a year. Uh, ma- meantime, hope you enjoyed your extra hour of overnight. as both shane and jeremy pointed out humans clocks went back the pets clocks didn't and they all got up at the same time so <laughs> so we are now back to the usual oh, eight hours yeah. difference between i, w- I woke the up
2: I, the other way around for me because i was up i was up uh, pretty early this morning uh, so i uh, the dog was wondering what the hell are you doing up this this time
0: <laughs> but did you get the big w in early though jeremy that's the question
2: no, Tammy's thinking about now. So.
0: Ah, right, okay. That seems reasonable. So down towards it's super
2: the... close now they're just yes. 087 zero eight seven covering the top three. Castro Devers Jarvis and Durani So Acura Mazda Cadillac covered by less than one tenth of a second.
0: It's more like it. Uh, and think about that, we're talking let's call it two and a quarter miles, or if you prefer, sixty five seconds. And we are talking about a variance of a tenth of a second for the top three positions that is a tiny tiny percentage big slide going through turn two for the number six Acura in the hands of Juan Montoya and I think he's bailed out of that lap has he hard to say normally so smooth but he was just a little bit out of shape the back end Stepping out for a moment in the Andretti hairpin. Let's have a look at his split times. 1.15-1 last time around for Montoya. So it's an all-accurate team. Penske front row as it stands. What can the Mazdas do about that? Jarvis uh, now two-tenths of a second away from pole position. So that Montoya time has, relatively speaking, Jeremy, blown things apart at the front of the field.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's massively close uh, behind them. Just over a tenth of a second, covering Evers Jarvis, Durrani and Vautier. That's pretty remarkable,
0: isn't it? Yeah, very good stuff. There goes Oli Jarvis, doesn't improve, he's across the line and down in the first corner, but takes a much tidier and tighter line than the number six car of Juan Montoya. A moment or two ago, is Oli winding up for another quick one? What was his last lap of 15? yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, So, I mean, it was a good lap. It was only just over a tenth lower than his his previous best. So, you know, it's it's good to see. I mean, the lap times seem to be, you know, we're seven, eight laps into the session now. Castronova's just at 18.1 last time around. That was, uh, excuse me, 16.1. So, that's a little bit away from his best time. But uh, we've still seen some good lap times out there.
0: It looks like Montoya was on a cool down lap last time around 120.7. So, Obviously did realise that he'd made that little tiny error going into the first real breaking event. Turn one is flat for pretty much everything here. In fact, everything here. It's just the kink on the front straight. It's turn two, the, uh, the uh, Mario Andretti hairpin. Oh, and in comes Oops. the 77. Now, that's not his Dusty was passing. So, who was in front of him? Whoever it was has kept going. May have dropped the wheel off at turn 10. I wonder if... It was the 52 of Patrick Kelly who yeah. was around about that sort of area. Uh, he had a big rally cross moment and drags it back from the pit lane entrance. It was indeed the silver and blue of Patrick Kelly. Uh, that wasn't his best lap. You won't be surprised uh, yeah. Here's the second yeah, place car coming to the line now. That's Elio Castro Neves. This is a decent lap for Castro Neves. Can he nick Paul position from his teammate. Answer! Oh no! Fifteen four one two against a fifteen one seven four, and everybody behind the Acuras, down to Jonathan Bomarito in the second of the Mazdas, are in the pits. So that's Mazda wheelan Engineering, Mustang Sampling, and in fact both the Mazdas now are in the pits. So it's only the uh, Ryan Briscoe. Cadillac that is in, as in comes Matthias and JDC Miller Motorsports, the bright yellow number 85. Two and a half to go. Is Briscoe on a better lap? He's just put his best in last time around. A 15-7. Needs to find six-tenths. That's a big chunk of time. But he's coming out the final corner now with traffic ahead of him. Across the line. Stops the clocks now. And does... Not improve 15.781, 1. So fractions of a second away from his best time. Although he put in his best middle sector on that lap around, he's just not been able to link up all of his best sector times. Jeremy,
2: no, and that's that's fair comment. Uh, but yeah, you know, certainly, you know, the car looks you know, consistently quick, it's just a, a bit on the edge, I think, for Ryan uh, Briscoe. So he's going to find himself all the way down in seventh position, most likely. He's going to have to find a kind of a tenth and a half. Uh, which uh, yeah might be in the car if you can string it together, but I think he's on a slow lap now, and I think that's probably going to be the end of his session as well. So uh, I think it's going to be... He's actually the only car still on, on track in uh, DPI. Uh, Patrick Kelly just uh, having some fun out there. He's been a little bit up and down in his lap times as Patrick, but he's turning some respectable laps in the, uh, in the 19s. But it's looking like a an all-acura front row carrying on from their 1-2 finish one year ago
0: yeah looking pretty good at the moment and with a a tenth and a half between first and second then less than a tenth back to third and I do note of course that the 31 car and the 7 the 7 will be directly in front of the 31 as we come to the green flag later on today Oh, dearie me. Uh, That could be interesting in the first breaking out area. Here comes Patrick on another lap and didn't improve last time around. This will be his last lap. Checkered flag will be waiting for him in about a mile and three quarters time. He's up at turn five now. That really inviting left-hander that starts the climb up the hill. Heavily banked to the inside. Late braking, get the nose tucked in early and then get on the throttle early and pop out of there. Great feeling as you're climbing up the hill. Now to the corkscrew with the chequered flag out. I don't see this being an improvement. Just looking at the... uh, Oh, no, is I see that. No, no, it is. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is. Sorry, looking at the completely the wrong line of the timing. Through the last corner. Uh, and the chequered flag is out for Patrick Kelly. And it is a new best time for him and for LMP2, 2 1.19.5 nine eight. So that's pole position for the number six. Juan Montoya did it. Dane Cameron is his teammate and Shea Adam has him for this VP Racing Fuel pit lane interview.
1: Dean, it was a year ago that you and Juan got the win here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, but starting on pole, especially when tensions are running so high, how important is it for Juan to have a clear view out front today?
3: Uh, it's hugely important for, for this track in particular. It's really difficult to pass here uh, tire wear is always a big issue now with is as old as the surface is. So best thing you can do to be here is uh, is to be on pole and control your own destiny. So we are giving him a hard time because last year he had a really good lap and he made a bit of an error and uh, thought we should have been on pole last year. So uh, our engineer said, uh, no pressure, but you owe me one from last year. He uh, he delivered. So uh, he did a great job. So hopefully we can have a, have a tidy day and get ourselves a win. Um, it's been, been a year to the day since we were here last time and got that victory. So uh, long overdue for us. Yeah, how
1: good did that podium feel the last time out though at Petit Le Mans because as you said it was a long drought for you
3: guys. Yeah, it was good. It was it was bittersweet. I felt uh, I made made some mistakes on some of my students, so I was a little disappointed at myself to be fair. But it was nice to nice to get a podium and and uh, at least get something to hang our hat on after what's been a challenging year for us. So, but three three pole positions in a row for the six cars. So really happy with that. Our, our guys have been doing a really tremendous job. Our engineer Jonathan's been killing it for us and giving us. Just, Super super fast cars. So um, yeah, a nice tidy day and uh, get a win to to close the year out would be awesome.
1: Congrats on the pole and good luck in the race.
3: Thanks so much.
0: Dan Cabra joining us for that VP Racing Fuel pit lane interview with Share Adam Juan Montoya already out of. The car ooh, having a long, hard look at the 31 as it went past there as well. I feel there is no love lost uh, between uh, those two teams at the moment. Let's hope that doesn't carry on in any bad way into the race. Congratulations to mayor Shank Racing accurate number 86 team for Paul in GTD for the Corvette number three for GTLM. Uh, for Pio Matheson Motorsport in LMP2, and for Acura Team Penske locking out the front row. They'll be back racing this afternoon, and we'll have it all for you live from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. For Shay Jeremy, I'm John Heinzhoff. Thanks to our production team in Charlotte and in London. Bye-bye.
2: This programme is a Radio Show Limited production.
0: Tell your friends there's more at RadioLemon.com.